Hi, this is George Securus, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Unforgettable, that's what you are. Ed Robertson, author, guest Jeffrey Littlefield, Jeff's career as a writer, director, and producer spans the world of music management, record production, and documentary filmmaking. Jeff's latest book, Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat, is an authorized biography that takes readers inside the world of Nelson Riddle and includes first-hand anecdotes from Riddle's musician son, Christopher Riddle, as well as never-before-seen photographs and stories, some of the biggest names in entertainment of the 20th century. Nelson Riddle, music with a heartbeat available through Grosvenor House Publishing as well as Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. June 2021 marks the 100th anniversary of the birth of Nelson Riddle. Let's see. What's kind of interesting is that... um, uh, now, as we've established, the name Nelson Riddle is almost synonymous with Frank Sinatra because they worked together for 25 years, the better part of 25 years. But Sinatra was by no means the only big artist that Riddle worked with. In fact, he was working with Nat King Cole before Sinatra discovered him. Yeah, he was. Uh, and before that, he was doing uncredited work as what they call a ghost arranger. He was even working with um, Doris Day. I mean, Doris Day had a hit in 1949 called Again, uh, which was a big hit. That was a Nelson Riddle arrangement. Uh, a lot of people won't won't know that because he's uncredited. Equally, in the early years with Nat King Cole, um, he's uncredited. If you look at the, the big hits that Nat King Cole had when he moved on from being a sort of jazz singer and pianist into being a singer with big lush orchestrations to match his wonderful vocals, you'll see that um, Nelson Riddle isn't credited on Mona Lisa, which is one of Nat King Cole's biggest hits. Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, men have named you. You're so like the lady with... Even even won a Grammy, I think, later on in, in years, uh, most recently. Mona Lisa, Too Young, was another number one hit that Nat King Cole recorded. Um, but if you look at the, the record label, you'll see conducted by Les Baxter and his orchestra. <laughs> purely, and simply, purely and simply because Les Baxter was a very clever man and he hired Nelson Riddle to do the arrangements. So he was a good talent spotter. But unfortunately... Um, yeah, this sort of stuck in, in Nelson's core a bit, and understandably so. But what better record to have your first credit on with Nat King Cole than a song called Unforgettable? <laughs> There's a term that comes up frequently throughout the pages of Nelson Riddle, Music with a Heartbeat, 
I had not heard of this term before, but that's probably because other than listening to music and talking to people like you, I am musically illiterate. But there's a term called copyist that I had never heard of before, but it comes up many yep. times. Could you tell our listeners what a copyist is and explain how the perception of what a copyist is almost prevented Nat King Cole from working with Nelson Riddle? Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when you're dealing with big orchestras that have a huge number of instruments and musicians, each chart has to be copied, literally, and it has to be taped up several times over. So if you've got a 32-piece orchestra, you've therefore got 32 parts, uh, instrumental parts, you have to uh, produce in terms of physical charts. These days, of course, they tend to use a, an iPad and just flick across. It's great. <laughs> it's much easier. But back in the day, you know, we're talking about physical paper being taped together, copied, uh, and so on and so forth. And in fact, in, in Nat King Cole's case, this is when he tweaked that um, Nelson Riddle, he thought in the first instance that Nelson Riddle was the copyist, or he was told that he was a copyist because he saw him working around in the, in the fiddle section. And uh, anyway, he looked across and um, he realized once the music started playing that this wasn't Les Baxter's work. <laughs> and uh, anyway, he collared, he collared uh, Nelson later on. He said, look, you know, I saw you in the fiddle section. I thought you were the copyist. To which he replied, well, in fact, my wife and I did do the copy. And it paid more than the arrangement. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, Nat King Cole, in fact, devoted quite a section of his TV show to the journey of, you know, the, the written arrangement in the first place, then going to the copyist and the, doing the various parts for the band uh, and the musical journey right the way through. He became fascinated with the written arrangements that were put together because, I mean, it's such an intense piece of work. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not musically, classically trained by any means, but, but I know and have met a number of songwriters and arrangers. And I, I'm just amazed how labour-intensive it is to actually produce a musical arrangement. Nelson Riddle and Nat King Cole recorded more than 250 songs together between 1950 and 1960. Jeffrey Littlefield gives you the backstory of many of those songs in Nelson Riddle Music with a Heartbeat, which is available Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. This is interesting. As good as he was with writing arrangements, Jeff, apparently Riddle had trouble writing melodies. Yeah, I don't, well, that was um, input from his eldest son, Nelson Skip Riddle III, who didn't go down the music route himself, even though he was quite uh, an accomplished pianist. Yes, he mentioned that his father had a very complex mind, and I think you have to have that. You have to be have that complexity of thought to be able to create a good music arrangement. Whereas when you're looking at something like straightforward, if you, if you want to call it that in musical terms, like a melody, it doesn't come so easily. That's not to say he couldn't write melodies, because if you look at some of his work, his instrumental work, and we mustn't forget he was an artist in his own right, mm -hmm. hit records, number one, gold-selling records in his own right. If you look at 
all of his arrangements or his own compositions, you will see some wonderful counter melodies there. I think it's a key part of the riddle sound as well. If you look at the work he did with Sinatra, Nat King Cole, Ella Fitzgerald, you'll always hear those subtle counter melodies. So whilst it might not have been his first thought, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he struggled too much. <laughs> Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some actors, and I bring this up because I think there's a parallel here. Some actors, when they make a movie or make a TV show, they almost never watch their own stuff because to them it's work. They focus on what they could have done better versus what was captured on film. Do musical artists follow the same tune? Did Nelson Riddle follow the same tune? Would he play his own work or would he? Or once he recorded it, he left it at the studio? I think they, they do vary um, from ind- individual to individual. I know in Nelson Riddle's case, he never rarely played his own work, would listen to, the, to his own, own compositions. Because being probably a perfectionist, he'd always see some sort of fault in there, want to do something better or differently. So, and, and he was always working. You know, he was so prolific. He, he didn't have time really to listen to his own music. Bizarrely, but but there we are. But I think it was also a choice. I know a number of well-known singers that do nothing else but listen to their own voice, their own their own <laughs> their own recordings, and nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. A very good friend of mine in- interviewed Frank Sinatra once, and uh, in fact, it was for the third time. And, and I, I don't really know what more to ask you, uh, Mr. Sinatra. Uh, oh, I know what I'll ask you. What singers do you listen to? You know, when you're relaxing in the yeah. evening. So, well, look, you can quote me on this, because very often he'd say, you can't quote me, but you can quote me on this. He said, in no particular order, he said, I listened to Tony Bennett, Vic Damone, and Matt Monroe. But he said, a bit in no order of preference. <laughs> and of course, those three artists, if you study or look at their career, their PR team went to town on that. Sinatra's favorite singer, you know, uh, all three of them. And why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope I've answered your question there. Nelson Riddle Music with a Heartbeat available through Grosvenor House Publishing as well as Amazon.com where books are sold online. June 2021 marks the 100th anniversary of the birth of Nelson Riddle. Jeffrey Littlefield is the author of Nelson Riddle Music with a Heartbeat. Jeff's book was written with the cooperation of the Nelson Riddle estate. It includes interviews with three of Nelson Riddle's children, Christopher Riddle, Nelson Riddle III, and Rosemary Acera. You mentioned earlier how Riddle was very much in demand even when he was working with Nat Cole, even when he was working with Sinatra. He wasn't, I mean, he worked with other artists and he did a lot of work for movies and television throughout the 60s and 70s, especially. What's interesting 
is one of his most famous TV themes is Route 66, and he wrote the arrangement for Nat Cole's Route 66, if I remember correctly. And originally, they wanted to use that version, but uh, circumstances led him to write another. That's right, yeah. The producers of Route 66, just to remind people that uh, those of us of a certain age that do remember that wonderful TV my, series. My core audience knows what Route 66 is. So. Right. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, so yeah, great road trip uh, mm-hmm. drama. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the producers wanted to use Bobby Troop's Route 66, that great jazz sort of number. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, the, 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 the negotiations broke down. They couldn't reach an agreement. Um, once again, Nelson, who was going to do the incidental music anyway and score it, the producer got on to him once again. Nelson, we need a we need a theme to the show, you know, and we haven't got long to do it. Uh, and Nelson came up with what is now, you know, an iconic tune, of course. Um, it's fresh today, in my opinion, as it was when it was written in 1960, Route 66. marvelous orchestrations but he just started off apparently um, composing that Christopher Riddle told me just piano based he just started doing a few few um, chords on the piano and um, he built it from there and then, and then wrote some lush orchestrations underscore and um, yeah it's a really great tune I think one of my favorite TV pieces of work by Nelson Riddle is the underscore of the Batman motion picture from 1966. Now he did, now he scored the entire motion picture. Yes, that's right. But my my favorite, one of my favorite Nelson Riddle pieces for television is it's the underscore, it's the music they used in the two climactic, in, in the two major fight sequences of that movie, including the climactic fight aboard the boat you know, where everyone ends up in the water and all that stuff. And if I remember correctly, uh, well, of course, Fox owned the music, and he did it for Fox, so Fox owned the music. They used a lot of that underscore in the second season of, of, of the TV series. Yeah, sure. And sorry, just rewinding, I should have mentioned as well about Route 66, Ed, that uh, it was the first TV, TV theme to hit the charts. Mm-hmm. So that was a, that was a first. Um, yeah, getting back to Batman the movie, of course, 1966 release. Yeah, I mean, he his score just captures the mood, doesn't he? Uh, you know, it, it just captures the mood of the, the movie and the, the various fight scenes and the which is, of course, it's dark comedy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it? You know, that particular movie was a spin-off of the TV series, successful TV series with um, Adam West and Burt Ward. But yeah, it just captures the mood. Um, 
incredibly well, I think. And, uh, yeah, it, it's unique. Yeah, and one of your lines in the book is, when you've seen the screen credit arranged by Nelson Riddle, you know that the score of whatever you're watching is going to be cool and dynamic. And for me, I always think of, like, big, even though he believed less is more, at least for a lot of his television work, one of his traits, there was usually a big orchestral, you know, sweep that drove the music, and you would have, like, horns or whatnot. And I'm particularly thinking of, not, not, not so many people know this because the show only ran a short time, but both the original miniseries of Blue Knight and then... Yeah. And then the repurposed version a couple of years later with George Kennedy, which is the same score, but with George Kennedy, uh, he did it up-tempo, which made it work for like a weekly, you know, detective series. It's just very cool. It's very, it kind of builds, but it's got that, it's, it's got that signature Nelson Riddle drive and it just puts it, it's just a great piece of music yeah that's his signature really it's cool yet it's commercial and it also happens to be coincide with a, a golden era in tv and movies the 50s and 60s you know it it it's it very much so i think the blue knight i wish in fact um i've not been able to find it but i wish that had been released um as an instrumental, uh -huh. um, yeah. the, you know, from the movie with um, the, the miniseries with, or, or the TV film, I should say, with William Holden and Lee Remick. Um, I really enjoyed that, I must admit. I think it was the first time William Holden had done a, a TV movie, um, but I think he was, he was well cast. Yeah, he was. In fact, I think it was shot. I'm not. I'm not sure, but I believe the original miniseries with William Holden was released on home video a few years ago. And I haven't seen the whole thing, but I watched a few clips, and that was the first time I had heard his original arrangement for the Blue Knight theme, which is a lot slower. and really kind of works with the overall narrative of the story itself. And that, I mean, it's cool, but, you know, because the original Blue Knight with William Holden was told like a novel versus like an, yeah. an, an episodic. So the pace was different. And so, and he captured the, Riddle captured the feel of that. And you can hear that versus when they made it, into a weekly series with George Kennedy, he made it more. Okay. He he made it more like a quote unquote cop show thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. No. Very much so. Yeah. 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 He tailored his arrangements yeah. accordingly. Similarly, with vocalists, you know, he regarded the singer as uh, an added instrument to the orchestra. It was as simple as that. Jeffrey Littlefield is the author of Nelson Riddle music with a heartbeat, an authorized biography that takes you inside the world of the wildly successful but often enigmatic arranger and composer who was considered by many to be the greatest 
arranger and composer of the 20th century. Jeff will be back next week for part two of our conversation. Among other things, we'll talk about Riddle's collaboration with Linda Ronstadt in the 1980s and how that turned out to be the coda of his career. Jeffrey Littlefield will be back next week on TV Confidential. In the meantime, Nelson Riddle, music with a heartbeat, is available Amazon.com, wherever books are sold online. out then michael shevek will join us we come back on tv confidential if your loved one has passed away due to covid19 pay close attention to this message you could be entitled to a death benefit of over three hundred thousand dollars the u.s government has set up a fund to pay families relief if they've lost a loved one due to covid19 We know this is a hard time for you, and this fund has been set up by the federal government to help ease your pain. The compensation includes a death benefit and lost wages benefit. Time is limited, so we urge you to make a free phone call right now. There's no cost to you for this claim. All legal fees are only covered once you receive your money. So if you've lost a loved one due to COVID-19, call the legal helpline right now to find out if you qualify for a cash award. Here's our number. 800-915-8054. 800-915-8054. That's 800-915-8054. Paid for by the IPG Law Group. You can now purchase t-shirts, mugs, caps, hoodies, wall clocks, and other gifts with the TV Confidential logo from the official TV Confidential merchandise shop. For more information, go to televisionconfidential.com forward slash merchandise or cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential, cafepress.com forward slash TV Confidential. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.